boop, boop, boop. <laughs> okay, welcome to Are They Drunk in There? I'm Christina. I'm Emily. And this is a podcast with a little bit of science, a lot of bit of food, and a little bit of alcohol. Sometimes a lot of bit of alcohol. Yeah, sometimes a lot. <laughs> what are you drinking tonight? I picked up a bottle of Savion Blanc, although it's cold out, so I should have picked up a red, but I'm drinking white wine. Um, it's called Bonterra, and it's organic because I'm fancy today. Ooh. Yeah, I'm trying this new thing where I get two bottles of the same wine, and then I compare them. Like, I finish the first one, and then I, like, not in the same day. Like, okay, but... Um, like the day after I will like drink the other one but the same like varietal that way I'm like trying to start to kind of understand which ones I like better if that makes sense yeah no that's cool and you should also maybe look at regions because I found that I like different wines from different regions more so like I, I really enjoy Italian wines and California wines and Maybe not so much certain other areas, but I don't want to offend them, so I'm not going to say where they are. Oh, secret secrets. I know. Well, um, drinking. So I, of course, picked up my wine from my favorite vineyard right around the corner, Costco Kirkland Wine. Actually, this is not Kirkland Wine, but Costco is our favorite vineyard of this household. Uh, So we have a Fuego Blanco is the name of the uh, winery, and it is a Cabernet Franc and Malbec blend. So um, pretty good. Uh, Not as thick as I would say a Cabernet is, which is kind of nice because I'm just drinking this and there's no food in addition to it. So probably pretty good, but... Also, I would say um, a little, a little tart. Sick. Like viscous. Ew. What kind of wine are you drinking? I don't know, because you know how like white wines, I would say, are a little less viscous than red wines. Doesn't viscous mean like it's able to go through a strainer? No, viscous is like the thickness of a liquid. Like the viscosity of it, how hard it is to move. Yeah, like through a strainer. <laughs> you drink in lotion wine. Well, like ketchup would be more viscous <laughs> than water. But water still has viscosity. Like yogurt is viscous. Yeah, yogurt wine. Mm. Well, they do have bacteria and fermenting in common, so that's great. Stay tuned for our episode on yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> But today, welcome yeah, to so- our first baking episode where we talk about things that are baked. Uh, Not us. Yeah. Today is, drumroll please, <laughs> brownies. Woo! Brownies. I, ripped Woo! That, I ripped that band-aid off. Hopefully you weren't hoping to blow out that candle. Oh, I was not. I was drum rolling. I was busy. (laughs) Oh, man. So brownies are a big household favorite. I would say for me, I definitely prefer a brownie to a cookie. I know most people are cookie people or 
brownie people, but actually brownies are um, what is considered a cookie bar. So they're kind of softer than a cookie, but tougher than a cake. Emily, do you happen to know the typical ingredients that are in brownies? Why, yes, I do. Only because you wrote me a list. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) We got butter, flour, chocolate, white sugar, and eggs. However, stay tuned later for some alternatives. Yeah, so um, brownies have very, very specific ingredients, you know, and you can vary each of those depending on how you like your brownies. So there's a big debate when it comes to brownies, right? So do you want a gooey brownie? Do you want a cakey brownie? And um, a big factor for that is the fat to flour ratio. So for me, I prefer a fudgy brownie. Give me all the fudge and the brownie. So for me, Ah. yeah, see, everybody who knows what a good brownie is, like the good fudgy brownie, you stick some vanilla ice cream on there it's delicious. But for me, that means that I want a little more fat in my brownie and a little less flour. But if you want a more cakey brownie, you use the same amount of eggs, but you would have to have more flour and less fat. So um, there's several ways where you can adjust that. But the big overarching thing is that you need to adjust your fat to flour ratio. Mm-hmm. so for those of you who don't know um there is like two types of chocolate that are typically used in brownies um and by types of chocolate i mean chocolate bases so um obviously you can have the actual hard chocolate so those would be your semi-sweet your darks and then your milk chocolates that you can melt with your butter into your brownies Or you can also go the cocoa powder route. So for me, I prefer mine made with actual chocolate. Again, that kind of also contributes to your extra fat because chocolate has that cocoa butter um, in it, those solid chocolate bars that allow for the fat um, in your brownies and kind of add a contribution of fat. So if you've got those chocolate bars just laying around in your house, you're in luck. But if you're like me and you eat all the chocolate bars in your house, (laughs) then you're stuck with the cakey brownies that are subpar, but sometimes still hit that chocolate craving. Yeah, so I mean, yes, uh, you can achieve somewhat of the same consistency, I would think, if you add more fat and moisture to your cocoa powder brownies if you want to take and substitute um, because cocoa powder is the dried solids that's left over when the cocoa butter is removed from the cocoa or the chocolate. I would think if you added more fat, you could probably simulate that same fudgy effect and a really big contributor to some of that fudgy effect and like the fact that they do solidify is using fats that solidify at room temperature. So that would be like the butters. And I know some vegan recipes call for coconut oil. And that's because when those sit on your shelf, they're nice and firm as opposed to um, maybe your olive oils and those types of oils where you're not going to have the same type of setup. And before you come for us, 
Some of those are hydrogenated oils. And yes, we know that's not the best for you, okay? But, you know, if you're going to have a brownie, we're of the mindset that, you know, you should at least make it taste good, okay? <laughs> have it be... Yeah, I mean, if you're going to indulge, indulge. Nobody hates that. If I'm going to eat a brownie, it better be fudgy. It better also be thick. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. Mm-hmm. Not like, not like. Mm-hmm. Like your wine. Mm-hmm. A viscous <laughs> brownie. Mm, yeah, well, the batter is very viscous. Yeah. But, yeah, so uh, brownies are one of my favorites. You know, baking's pretty interesting, and there's a lot of science that goes into it. But um, another of the key components in brownies is that egg component. So um, the egg does a lot of the work in emulsifying any type or not even emulsifying, but binding all of your agents together, right? So that's your moistures. It adds air, um, and it does a lot of work to allow for, like, leavening when you're baking products. So it's really important when we turn into some of those vegan-type recipes that Emily's going to get into um, and just understanding that you need some type of replacer to get those same types of effects. So are eggs something that, okay, so my favorite part of a brownie is like the flaky top, like the crust at the top. Um, would you, is that like, do eggs cause that? What causes that? Yeah, so um, mine too, because when you cut it, you can see the little crackling take place. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, so actually a lot of, anything you bake will have a crust. The cool thing with brownies is that um, they, they'll have some of that crust because of the white sugar and mixing that white sugar with the eggs. So similar to what you would see in like a meringue, um, it'll, if you use white sugar, what will happen is you'll get a, as I mentioned, something similar to that meringue where it'll be nice and crispy and crusty. But if you use something like brown sugar, which I do see some recipes call for brown sugar, um, that also brings some additional moisture. Um, And so you won't have that same type of crispiness that you would get with the white sugar because the moisture in the brown sugar um, doesn't allow for that to happen, whereas the white sugar would allow for some of that cracking to take place like you would see in a meringue. So is it, hold on, is it the fat that makes the crust? No, the fat makes the fudge? The fat the fat makes the, the brownies kind of fudgy, right? It allows for them to be really thick, and then you have the um, fudgy type of consistency because the fat is kind of semi-solid at room temperature, um, whereas the the cakey type brownies would occur because of the added flour and then that flour causing more of an aerated structure um, in the final product, kind of like bread. And the flaky top is from? Yeah, the meringue. So like the eggs that happen with like egg white and sugar, that type of like caramelization and then the drying effect that occurs from your oven. So um, a convection oven uses hot air 
and moves hot air around. And so anything that's in the top obviously would get dried out. Um, and so then you're getting like that dried crust on the top, kind of like when you put a pie crust in the oven by itself and it hardens. Um, similar to that, only these have like a thicker layer. So only that top layer is going to dry out um, and be nice and crusty. Crusty. Mm. <laughs> the only time where being crusty is a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. And that's helpful. So there are a couple um, like recipes that I wanted to point out as well that I, so I'm a big brownie fan as well. And also, this is a great time to be publishing this episode because Great British Baking Show and or slash Great British Bake Off if you're in the UK, which ping me if you need the background history on that because I looked it up. But they just had their brownie episode as well for Chocolate Week for this current season. And oh my God, it's great. I love it. But the one thing uh, that Prue says about, I believe it's Prue, um about brownies is that there are two things that make a brownie one is the flaky top and two is the fudginess so like mm -hmm. i said don't tell us that fudgy brownies are bad because i've got an expert on my side okay <laughs> so i am partial to boxed brownies okay like good every, for you everything else i will make from scratch Right. Like, it's funny because um, for those of you listeners who like aren't super into baking or food um, or either, um, that's that's fine. You do you. Uh, we appreciate everybody who wants to listen to us. But mm -hmm. <laughs> um, baking from a box is not baking from scratch. I had someone I don't remember who it was, but like someone from my past once told me that they were like, what is it when you like? make something for like they thought buying I guess they thought like buying from the store is buying from the store and then anything that wasn't from the store was like baking from scratch and I was like no <laughs> oh man so sorry like, oh I got this beef. box macaroni and cheese and since I put it in the pot I made it from scratch <laughs> Right? I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, what is, like, uh, I don't know. We can talk about the definition of, like, real cooking later. I'm sure people will have plenty of um, opinions on that. But, uh, I mean, yeah. we still appreciate a good box recipe. Don't get us wrong. Yeah, I'm just talking right now about how I love box brownies. But for those of you who are even more, like, food snob and, you know. Uh, like me. <laughs> it's fine. You can say it. You, no, I was just like, I don't know who's going to be listening to us right now. Nobody. So that's fine. I see what I want. Um, but for those of you who are a little more on the like actual from scratch side, you can totally do that. We can put some, you know, recipes from scratch for brownies if you want. Um, actually, we will. We will be talking about those. Mm -hmm. But I love a good box brownie. And because I'm like trying to eat less animal products, I just this past week made a box of brownies and I actually use flaxseed meal and water as um, as opposed to an egg. So it only called for one egg. So for me and for those of you out there who have tried and failed, it's not always perfect. So I think the longer you set your flax meal, which um, is ground up flaxseed, I just use a coffee grinder. Um, the longer you let your flax meal sit, i.e. if you've bought it at the grocery store, it's been sitting there for a while, as opposed to if you buy 
you know, flax seeds and grind them yourselves like a true food snob. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, it, it's much less time that they're sitting there. Um, that I think affects how much water you need to use to get that like flaxseed egg effect, which is basically um, when you let the flax meal um, sit with the water in like a bowl for a, a little while, something like, you know, five to 10 minutes. And you can see kind of like the same thing with chia seeds when you let them sit there, they get a little like, I don't know, viscous maybe is the yeah, word. <laughs> Good use of the word. Um, and they get a little like, like for those of us who, you know, are new to the viscous word, they get a little bit like jello-y, right? Like gel, kind of like a gel. So you can kind of tilt the bowl around and kind of see that the water isn't moving around as fast as it was five to 10 minutes later. And then you continue on with the recipe. So for me, this was great because I was lazy and didn't want to go to the store, but I wanted brownies and I didn't have eggs. So I experimented with the flaxseed egg, and I can tell you right now that it was one tablespoon and a little bit more, um, so use your judgment, um, of flax meal to three tablespoons of water, and the brownies turned out perfect. So, um, but do you have any science kind of knowledge behind, like, um, flaxseed eggs and, like, why that happens? Like, why do they get more viscous or, like, jello-y? I'm not sure why they don't get more viscous but i do know that flax seeds have a compound in them it's like a polysaccharide called actually like a flaxseed gum and so that's kind of like for those of you who are familiar with um jello and well maybe not jello but um like xanthan gum um what it does is it creates this kind of like gel structure um, and allows for water binding. So um, that will kind of thicken and uh, form basically the gel that you're seeing. And gels, as you know, like yogurt gels. Um, oh, yogurt, your favorite. I do. I love yogurt. Um, <laughs> they make things a little bit more viscous just like you said so uh the ground up flax seeds uh produce this flax seed gum and um they also have some proteins so they allow for some of that um emulsification and binding that you might see with the egg proteins um not the same type because egg proteins are a different type of protein um and the polysaccharides don't have the same type of bonding, but you will see some of that emulsification properties that you're hoping for when you're looking for a binder in your recipes. And you said the emulsifier uh, helps keep the brownies together, right? Is there anything else that it does? Um, so eggs and like binding can also help with leavening in your products. So what they do is um, when I say emulsifier, what they can do is kind of pull in air and keep it in the recipe, right? So um, it will form pockets of air in your recipe. And as you heat up your brownies, air expands, right? So it's kind of like when, when you get a balloon hot, it can pop. So similar thing happens in your brownies is once the air is entrapped um, and you heat it up, then your brownies will rise. 
Ooh, I can't wait for the souffle episode. Ooh, yeah. Yep, love a good souffle. <laughs> Definitely would say um, flaxseed eggs are, are a very good um, alternative to eggs if you are either lazy like me and don't want to go to the grocery store um, and by chance have flaxseeds in <laughs> your house. Um, I personally have an oatmeal bar, which we'll get to someday, I'm sure, um, that has flaxseeds as... Um, as an as a topping uh so mm. i always have them in the house um but uh i've heard aquafaba may be a good option too so like what would that do so aquafaba um is a good option in that it mimics some of that meringue type texture so um it can bind air in suspension so it has proteins that will allow for some of that air entrapment um so like kind of when you make a foam or whipped cream um aquafaba has some of that so when we're, we're talking about recipes that have um that flaky crust on top uh, aquafaba would help with some of that meringue type texture that you're looking for with that crust on the top of your brownies yeah, send us an email if you're an aquafaba lover because personally I'm a hater. Uh... <laughs> I haven't tried it personally, which is such a frown for me as a food science food scientist. But like, I don't know the thought of whipping something that's I don't know, just uh, I don't know. But then again, I don't like that. <laughs> but then again, I don't like the smell of egg either. So then I'm like, maybe I'd like bean instead i don't know you would not well so i don't know send us send us an email at are they drunk in there at gmail.com um if you have some sort of aquafaba epiphany that you'd like to share with us because one of us hasn't tried it and the other one hated it so if you're also a hater also reach out to us because or let us know because i will feel great for being not the only one anyway Oh, for those of you who don't know, aquafaba is like the juice on the top of your chickpeas. So if you're, I, I don't know. I, so I don't think it's specific to chickpeas, but I know Correct. that the, the chickpeas work really well. Um, and then ground up chickpeas are also another protein that people use. Um, and chickpea flour as alternate sources of gluten-free type cooking. So Yes, and also protein, which brings us to one of this one of the other alternative proteins that we, that I wanted to talk about. So we've all heard, well, maybe we haven't, because I know specifically one of my friends was like, "What do you mean black bean brownies?" But um, a lot of us, hopefully, if you haven't, welcome to the club because I'm about to tell you. But um, there are you can make bean brownies. What? what? I know. What? Yeah. So. Some of you were like, ew, that sounds gross. But I can tell you from personal experience, there are two black bean brownie recipes that I recommend. One of which um, I recommend and one of which I highly recommend. Uh, so the one that I recommend is the minimalist baker black bean recipe. You can find it on our website, arethedrunkinthere.com. Uh, we'll post that before we post the episode probably. So it's up right now. Um, and then Fit Men Cook. And if you guys don't know who Kevin Curry is, I'm about mm -hmm. to blow your mind because he is incredible and he's so happy all the time and he's one of my favorite bloggers. 
But anyway, so he has a really good black bean. Um, he has actually a couple, which brings us back to chickpeas, right? So he has a black bean recipe that's like his like spiced brownie recipe. That one is really, really good. I've made it plenty of times. And um, I actually make it in a pie dish because I, for the longest time, didn't have a brownie pan. So I would like use every single other pan that was like oven safe in my kitchen and put that in the oven with all of the recipes for all the brownies I made. Uh, but his is one that I make quite a bit. Um, and it's nice cause it's, uh, they are more on the cakey side, but they're, uh, like I said, they're spiced. So they're really nice. And it's kind of like, a not super sweet. So if you have like your significant other, your parents or anybody who is like not super into super sweet stuff, that's definitely one that I would recommend. That's probably my favorite, like quote unquote from scratch brownie recipe. Although it's like a little bit of like a brownie recipe with a twist so however um his other recipe i haven't tried yet but i did have i do have the ingredients and i'm planning to try it this week is his um chickpea brownie recipe so that'll be interesting as well some of you may be maybe wondering like why would i put beans and brownies well let me tell you that beans are not just the magical fruit and good for your heart and all the rest of that rhyme for those of you who also grew up in the 90s. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> um, but they're good for protein. So for those of you who, you know, like going to the gym a lot and need that extra hint of protein, but also have the sweet tooth, or um, for those of you who are looking for alternatives to meat proteins, um, definitely a good option uh, for you guys. And I, I feel like, so there is a bakery around the corner from us um, in Wisconsin that has some more of those vegan type um, brownies and cookie bars. And honestly, they're really good. I could eat them just like I could eat any other type of sweet. Um, if you didn't tell me it was vegan, I wouldn't know. Yeah, totally. I was just talking to one of my friends about that today because I was talking to them about um the like bean brownies or one who was like uh i've never i've never heard of beans and brownies before and they were like would you tell me if you put it in there and i was like well i'm not the type of person to like feed people things that like they don't want to eat but i personally will eat those black bean brownies from um fit men cook and i like can tell you i don't know there's beans in there you just have to have a like high powered uh food processor but that's the thing it's like um is it still a brownie yes it's still well so if we go back to Prue's definition of what a brownie (laughs) is one flaky crust and two fudginess like (laughs) maybe not so fudgy well so and no flaky crust well just throw some aquafaba in there and see what happens (laughs) (laughs) um i can tell you the one from minimalist baker definitely has like um a flaky crust and like a fudgy center um for me they took a little bit longer to cook than the recipe said but i also have this like super old oven in my (laughs) in my super small apartment (laughs) hey whatever the view is beautiful yep very worth (laughs) it man but yeah i mean i i feel like if somebody were to give me something chocolate i'd be like great i'll eat it I don't care if there's black beans in it. I mean, look at zucchini bread. I mean, people make chocolate zucchini bread, but it's got vegetables in it. Like, come on. Totally. 
I'm all for like sneaking vegetables into things. Not yeah, like, like I used to sneak mushrooms into your meatballs. That's what I. That's what I said. I was like, you know, I. I think we had a conversation about it though. Like you weren't. You didn't just like sneak it in. You were like, hey, I think this would taste better with mushrooms. And I was like, okay, like I can try and like pick it out. I think it was like chili or something. And you were like, or like sloppy joes or something. And you were like. I think it would taste better. And I was just like, okay, I'll just pick them out. And you were like, what if I chop it up real small? And I was like, okay, I'm willing to try it. And then it was good. And then I started mm-hmm. eating mushrooms. Like, you know, sometimes you just gotta, you gotta have a conversation. Open up the door. I know. I mean, I am willing to try anything. But also, I know what's good. And I'm like, mm, if I got eggs, am I gonna pull out that that old bean water out of a can? Probably not. <laughs> Honestly, okay, my biggest problem, and let me tell you, for all of you guys who are aquafaba lovers, like, um, I don't have cream of tartar just, like, sitting around in my kitchen. As I said, I fully understand that not everybody has flax seeds that they can just grind in a coffee grinder. But, listen to this, I don't have cream of tartar like my mom does just sitting around me in neither. my kitchen. So, apparently, that's, like, what you need to, like keep it bound or whatever which i'm sure there's some food science behind that there is do you want to know i do i do i didn't think you would know off the top of your head but i do want to know tell me well so in general when you acidify proteins they denature so they get longer they open up and so that allows for them to make or to expose some of their hydrophobic bonds which are usually kind of crumpled into the middle of their uh like small structures so when that happens that allows them to bind like around the air because the hydrophobic bonds are going to kind of form around the air and then the other side that was all crumpled around the outside will be like in the hydrophilic part so the acid breaks down the proteins and allows them to open up to form more of those bonds cool so it's like a slinky um yeah well i would say more like a ball of yarn that you untangled and then put in a circle mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh yeah no that's cool so so it's like the opposite of being crusty it's being fluffy you gotta open up those bonds yeah everybody open up the bonds and eat all those brownies and get a little more fluffy in this quarantine there you go quarantine 20 what is that people keep saying oh it's the COVID-19 like they're putting on 19 pants like the college 15 what is it <laughs> I don't know it's been a while since freshman I've been 15, in college yeah. yeah freshman 15 COVID-19. COVID-19 oh god I have not heard that but I mean I am out of the loop I'm gonna credit my co-worker Leaf uh not my original <laughs> joke oh uh, but yeah shout out to Leaf um anyway so I mean, everybody has their favorite part of the brownie pan, right? So, like, when I bake brownies, everybody knows that if you don't bake a 13 by 9, there's only a couple of middle pieces. (laughs) What's your favorite part? Um, I'm a corner person. How about you? Um, I think I like to switch it up. So I think I'm, like, the side person, the person who likes Mm -hmm. the one Mm -hmm. edge and then, like, the fudgy in the middle and the cakey on the side. Like, dried a little bit more, but also, like, fudgy. My husband, on the other hand, will eat middle all day. <laughs> I will, will say, 
I will say, if you dry out your brownies, I am no longer a corner person. But if you've got, like, a nice fudge brownie, I'm all about that corner piece. Yeah, speaking of which, though, you have to know how to test your brownies to make sure they're right. And there's, like, a little bit of... So, like, when you test the cake, you want your toothpick to come out clean. But when you test, like, a fudgy brownie, you still want it to have a couple of moist crumbles. Not... Not like super covered in the batter, but like just a couple of moist crumbles on there and then they're done. Don't leave them in there until your toothpick is clean or those things are going to be overdone. Oh, that's a good point. I have personally, I don't, again, things I don't have in Emily's kitchen. I don't have toothpicks, so I usually (laughs) will. (laughs) Mom has this like cake tester thing. Do you have, or maybe you have it? Someone has like a cake tester thing that's literally just like a little pin. Um, yeah, it's like a little pin. It's a reusable like toothpick thing, but it's like the size of like eight toothpicks taped together like long ways. So I don't know why you would ever make a cake that thick, but apparently like that's what you need. I, maybe it's for storage or something, so you don't. Or lose you it, don't but, burn yourself. Yeah, you know, like me burning myself on the oven. That's fine. Um, but uh, yeah, so I usually use a knife or. Um, I'll do like I'll put them in for half the time that they're supposed to be in there for, and then I like pull it out and I like wiggle the pan a little bit. <laughs> you do the jiggle test. I do the jiggle test, and I'm like, depending on how much it's wiggling, I'm like, all right. So if that's halfway through, then like when it's totally done, then it should be like half of that wiggling or whatever. I don't know. I I should get some toothpicks or maybe like that reusable toothpick that mom has. I mean, toothpicks aren't expensive and are biodegradable. So, I mean, they're not the worst to have around. Joe and I have the same container we've had for like eight years because we use them like maybe twice a year. So, you could probably take half of ours. And then in the next eight years, we might need to get a new pack. Who knows? Yeah, when I'm flying home in the airport and they're like, why do you have 800 toothpicks in your carry-on luggage? I'll just be like, well, I sister, put them in there. (laughs) (laughs) they'll be like who told you you're supposed to know everything that's in your luggage does anybody else get scared by that thing at the airport where they're like oh make sure especially with our mom who's like hey let me just stick this one thing in there it'll be fun (laughs) what do you mean you didn't want this sandwich in your carry-on it was a surprise she sent me home. She sent me to Seattle with like legitimately like two pounds of ground beef once, which, okay, we'll talk about this in our mini episode of hand me down recipes. But like our mom makes this thing called country styled hamburger, mm. which if you're from the South, hopefully you know what it is. And it's amazing. Mm-hmm. So don't miss that episode because you're going to want to hear about this country styled hamburger. But um, so it's like my favorite thing of all time. And like now being vegetarian, like I will look to use like impossible meat because I'm an impossible burger fan. Um, but, um, for that recipe and I'll still make it because it's that good. Yeah. So she sent me all like to the airport with my carry on bag only luggage. And she's like, it's frozen. It'll be fine. So they made me, like, take it out of my suitcase and, like, take it out of the plastic bag. Meanwhile, it's, like, frozen solid, but it's, like, dripping. And I was like, this is cool. So. That's okay. I swear the 
freaking Baltimore airport thought I had a bomb in mind because I brought my tuna sandwich with me <laughs> from the butcher shop. And this was like years ago. And, you know, it's like cylindrical, some weird thing that they can't see through. And I was like so sad. I thought they were going to take away my sandwich. And I was so <laughs> if you if you are a food lover, you know, the feeling of your food getting taken away from you and being so sad. And I was like, you can have my sandwich if you want, but please eat it. It's so good. <laughs> the guy, I think, felt so much pity for me because I was like, I I just really was looking forward to that sandwich. Wait, so did you get to eat the sandwich? Yes, he gave it back okay, to me. Good. I think I made him feel bad by being so pathetic about it, but I was really sad. <laughs> I mean, I would be the same way. I think. I was not the same way with my story. I was just like, listen, my mom put it in there. It's my favorite meal. If you want to take it, fine. I'll just make it at home. It won't be the same. But, like, I don't got time for this. Ain't nobody got time for that. I get that, too. But, like, you couldn't eat your frozen one. I was literally waiting to eat that in, like, 20 minutes after getting (laughs) through there. So, you know, I was thinking about it the whole time. I was like... Man, I'm going to eat that. I'm going to get through this airport security and then I'm going to eat that sandwich. That was like I'm my whole day. Sit down at the gate. I'm going to be there early and I'm going to sit there and I'm going to eat my sandwich. I had a whole bag of chips. Go. I was so excited. <laughs> uh, anyway, so back to brownies. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The only other thing is like people always talk about brownies and then they they start talking about blondies have you ever had a blondie before i have only had a poorly made blondie yeah see i would say blondies are not for me but they have similar ingredients to brownies what do they have you know the ones that you so wonderfully listed from the top vanna white so yeah so the only difference is that there's no chocolate, right? So instead of chocolate, they like to use brown butter. And typically, a lot of times with blondies, you'll not have that crackly crust because they'll use brown sugar as well. So that brown sugar will give you more of that moist um, texture. And then the brown butter will give you kind of that nutty flavor. Um, So it's a little bit different than brownies, but still... A really good cookie bar, but I would say if I had to pick between blondies and brownies, it's gonna be brownies all day. What about I you? Also, I would also like to take a second to say that I'm on my second glass of wine. Second glass <laughs> of wine. Second Thanks. glass of wine. <laughs> One glass of wine, and I'm feeling it. I mean, I feel like this is the best place for it. I mean, we're just chatting about eating dessert. For some reason, we didn't decide that dessert was a good part of this podcast. But maybe next time we should have dessert while we're eating eating the podcast. That is a great (laughs) idea. (laughs) Well, we'll eat and pod. Eat and cast. (laughs) Eat and cast sounds better than eat and pod. Pod is so weird. I would say. Well, anyway, I say. Um, yeah, I uh, only had blondies once, I think, and I didn't have a great one. So if any of our listeners have a suggestion for blondies, uh, Christina and I would love to hear from you. 
it's are they drunk in there at gmail.com. I said stories, recipes, we'll take them all. Yep, that's right. Um, something else, however, me being the lazy cook that I am. Um, brown sugar chewies. Hot take here. Here we go. Not a brownie, not a blondie, but so good. If you are like us and you're a fan of like the chewy texture and the flaky crust, you need like, I think you need like brown sugar, butter, and like eggs for these. So delicious. It hits that spot for like, I want a baked good with a flaky top, but I don't have any chocolate. And until this podcast, that's what I thought made the flaky top. Now I know it's eggs. Right? Did I learn <laughs> that's that right? Great. Well, it's eggs and usually white sugar. But if you're saying there's brown sugar in there, then maybe I'm wrong. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. But it's definitely eggs, like meringue. But then it depends. Like, the moisture will make the flakiness of your crust. So the way to make these is... You have to like heat the butter and the sugar together on the pan and it creates this like syrupy, gooey, delicious thing. Well, I did do some reading that said that if you melt the chocolate in the butter, it's supposed to also help with the crust on your brownies. But then when I looked at the brownies, they didn't look very crusty. So I was like, meh. Crusty brownies. Crusty brownies. Coming at you hot. Anyway, okay. So um, the ingredients for these are a quarter cup of chopped pecans, vanilla extract. I'm not going to read you the measurements, but pecans, uh, which I usually use walnuts because I'm not a pecan fan. Also, if you want to make fun of how I say pecan and say that it's pecan, that's fine as well. Yeah, well, from Texas, they're going to make fun of you because... Pecan is where you pee in the can. Oh, my God. They told me that when I was there. Okay, so. Shout out, Jody. Jody told me that. He said, pecan, that's where you pee. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so for the rest of my life, I'm now scarred and will say pecans. So pecans. I just feel so pretentious when I say pecans. Anyway, so um, pecans, vanilla extract, uh, baking powder, flour, one beaten egg. So it does have the egg. There you go. Um, Light brown sugar, uh, butter, and dusting like confectioner sugar, which I never have and never do anyway. So they're good without that. But um, we'll link it on the website. But those are definitely a, a good, I'm lazy and I want something that's like, quick and delicious sort of like a brownie but doesn't have a lot of chocolate or if you're just not a chocolate fan but you're not a big fan of blondies either or you are but you don't have all those ingredients brown sugar chewy is the way to go i gotta i gotta give a shout out to my favorite box brownie recipe for life Ghirardelli's turtle brown oh my god and they are the best i will eat the entire pan of them i don't care corner edge middle give them to me they are my favorite you know if you made them with one of those like fancy pans that i swear came out like within the last like five to ten years there's like the baker's edge and then like that tic 
tic-tac-toe pattern too where like mm-hmm. people, the baker's edge is like the zigzag one for people who are like obsessed with like the non-middle ones the non-middle brownies like consider maybe getting one of those because apparently like that's that's the way to go to get those like extra edges in your those extra corner pieces and edge pieces in your brownie bakes i wonder though if those would affect the baking time of your brownies like i i feel like they might because there'll be heat in contact with the entirety of the outside edge of the dough the whole time so i think it would probably be one of those ones where you have to monitor your time a little bit more but yes give me those i i'm an edge and middle like just the edge just the one side how do i get that just the one side (laughs) i guess the tic-tac-toe is for me the (laughs) tic-tac-toe well i wonder so it's like the tic-tac-toe i say it's a tic-tac-toe but it like kind of makes a cross yeah, well, it makes, like, every single one, like, an individual brownie. So, I don't think mm-hmm. you'd like that. Oh. So, I like the regular ones, and then Joe can just eat the middle one, and I'll just have the four, and then we have four corners left over, and both That's of us have me. to suffer. Oh, yeah, That's for you. I'll come over. You I'll have four corners, out. I have four edges, and Joe just gets one brownie. Poor one Joe. huge middle brownie. Poor Joe. <laughs> Maybe yes. he'll come out. Oh, I'm sure he will. He talk always about makes guest appearances. <laughs> Celebrity appearance by Joseph. Um, all right. Well, uh, I guess that's it for this episode. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good one, personally. <laughs> well, thanks, everybody, for coming out and taking a listen. Uh, hopefully, you learned something. If you do have any comments, or concerns or even questions, recipes you want us to try, we are definitely open. Uh, go ahead and email us at arethedrunkinthere at gmail.com. Uh, you can also reach us via our website. So that is arethedrunkinthere.com. And I can tell you from my personal um, level of drunkenness that I'm, I'm a little tips. I'm a little tips. Same, same. Yes, indeed. Same. Yeah, so but I also started drinking earlier in the day and told Emily that I was having my first class at like, I don't know, four o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll talk soon. Uh, thanks, everybody, again. And, yeah, thanks. Uh, have a and have a good drink on us. Well, not yeah. on us, but for us. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.